when I come out of the bathroom, Colin's like, I have to go back to security. They called my name. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, we're about to board in like five minutes. And he's like, I have to go to security. You're listening to Take Off to Travel, a weekly dive into the travels of your hosts, Colin and Olivia. We're going on a world trip for 13 months with just $25,000 each. Each week, you'll hear our tales, tips, and tricks as we explore the world. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Take Off to Travel podcast. I'm your host, Olivia. And I'm Colin. And today, we have lots of stuff to cover, like always. We are on day number nine of being here in Australia, and I think we have to catch you up all the way from back when we were about to leave for Singapore. I think so. So I think let's go ahead and start there. We got on our flight to Singapore out of Vietnam. No problems with immigration. Because we left a day early. Yeah, I know. And the flight was fine. They made us check our bags, which I personally wasn't thrilled with, but honestly, it was okay. And then when we got to Singapore, what was the first thing we did? The first thing we did was go to the hostel and drop off our bags so we, we go to this hostel it's a train ride away we ride their um their tram up to the area that we're staying and we we walk probably eight minutes from the train station and we get to this hostel and i knew we were staying in a pod i didn't expect what we got give your best description of what our pod was I would say it reminded me of what I imagine an astronaut would sleep in if they were being, like, teleported through space. Like, it was an enclosed, tiny area that had, like, some ports and lights and stuff, but it was it was really almost like a giant coffin with a, an opening. I don't really know how to describe it, but it very much felt futuristic and kind of claustrophobic a bit. Yeah, and you had trouble with the lights? I just couldn't figure out how to turn off the lights. So we got up at 3 a.m. to go to the airport from Vietnam. So we were tired, so we took a nap. And because Olivia couldn't figure out how to turn the lights off, I just assumed the lights didn't go out. So we napped with the lights on. And then we go to Little India. We go to Little India and see all these colorful buildings. This was something that Olivia looked up and really wanted to go to. What, what did you think of the area i thought it was really cool and unique because i've been to like a little italy before and i've been to chinatown but i've never been to a little india and all of the buildings are really beautiful and there was so much food like an outrageous amount of food and i think we stopped somewhere and got some we got a kebab yeah 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 a kebab and then we went to another restaurant and i'm trying to remember zam zam i think was the name of the place and we got do you remember what it was called? Murtabak. Mur- yeah, that sounds right. Mur- Murtabak, which was like a cheese, onion, meat dish. And kind I like thought a it pancake. was pretty good. Like, yeah. a, like a crepe almost. Yeah. I had never had that before, but I thought it was really good. And the dipping sauce, whatever it was, was good. Yeah, no idea. We spent a lot of time in Singapore, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. It's just kind of pointing to stuff and eating them. We didn't really exactly know what they were. But it was a fun experience. So we do Little India. Uh, we see all the colorful buildings. It's it's raining on us that day. Uh, there's a mosque right in the area that was uh, very, very beautiful. And we walk. We just start walking to... We just start walking to find this 18th century Gothic building. 
that we that we heard was very very beautiful. So we we walk there, and we just come upon this cool looking bar that happened to be in a hotel, um, which turned out to be the Raffles Hotel, which is a very high end hotel. We didn't really know anything about, but we just kind of start walking through this space, this building. Like a and, courtyard. Yeah, the courtyard. And it just keeps getting more and more and more fancy. And we're like, what the heck did we just find? So we we walk through this entire building. I just want to see the lobby because you can tell this place is just fancy. That was so, so bougie. Yeah, we, we get to the the entrance of this hotel and there are security guards that will not let you into the lobby unless you are a, a re- a, not a resident, but a, a guest of the hotel. So we get a small peek of the lobby, which was beautiful. And we come to find out it's voted the prettiest lobby in the world. Top five I lobbies. Think it was like top five. Top five lobbies in the world. And we just got a glimpse of it. I wish we would have seen more. Yeah, I was so curious how much a night at that place cost that I look it up and... When I saw the price, I thought that it must be in some other currency because I couldn't believe that any hotel would cost that much. And what was it? Like just over a thousand, like $1,100 a night for something. Yeah. That's just absolutely crazy to me. Like I thought that was in like Singapore dollars or Australian dollars or something else. Nope. That's in US dollars. Yeah. So it it was beautiful. Uh, We longingly looked at the at the the lobby wishing we could get in and then we head back so that's day one kind of rainy we tried to stay out of the rain a lot and then we get to day two and it's rainy again but i think it's even worse day two in singapore day two we go to we walk around chinatown we do all of the the touristy stuff in singapore so we go to the merlion we go to the sands we do all the stuff in the bay in that in that area what was your favorite part about that day i liked checking out the hawker center which is sort of like a gigantic food court with lots of different booths of people selling food and it's very cheap it's almost like a street market but it's just a permanent street market that has a roof yeah exactly and there's like tables and chairs set up for you to sit in and unlike everything else in Singapore, it was so cheap. Like, you could get a full plate of food for 3 to $6, whereas everywhere else was probably 20 if not more. And you can just walk around endlessly, and there's just so many different types of foods from so many different places. And I don't remember what I had the first time we went, but I do remember I tried this dish called laksa, which is a Singaporean dish that's kind of similar to the Thai cow soy, which is like a curry noodle dish. And I really was glad that I tried that. What did you eat at the hawker stall? I don't know the name of it. It was a, I think it was like more of like a traditional Chinese short noodle stir fry. Not like the American Chinese, like chow mein or anything like that. It was, I think they had more like traditional Chinese food. But I, I don't know. I just pointed at a picture um, and it looked, it was good. Everything we had there was really good. What was the biggest surprise from that day? 
I think I was just struck by how clean the city was, which obviously you know going into Singapore that it's known to be a clean city, but just the contrast between Ho Chi Minh and Singapore was absolutely mind-boggling because Ho Chi Minh, there's just like people and stuff and like rats and like all kinds of just like mass chaos going on all the time. And not to say that Singapore was like quiet because it wasn't, but it was just polished, like all the transit was super easy to get around. There was no dirt, no trash, no food, nothing. And it was just everywhere we went felt so polished. That's the only way I can describe it. And so I was just struck by that everywhere we went over and over and over. What about you? Uh, the biggest surprise for me was the shops at the Sands, uh, the, the hotel. Um, I wasn't expecting that. It was a mall that had a casino and what were some other unique things it had there was like an activity floor where it was like a projection from above and you could yeah. interact with the components of what was being projected that if was you, really cool if we were watching it from above and if one of the kids like stepped on an animal on the projection it would like splatter flowers and like so they were like interacting with the um projection and also in that area they were able to draw um the kids were able to draw and then they would digitize the drawing for the parents which i thought was cool it was a little expensive though yeah also while we were over by the sands we walked to the gardens by the bay and because we were on kind of a tight budget because we weren't anticipating spending so much time in singapore i didn't really want to pay for the full price admission but i wanted to see those like really famous trees and I am happy to report that you can actually kind of walk around like the main part of the park and see the trees without having to pay for a ticket. But there are also parts that you can't see. And so if you if we went back, I think I would want to go to one of those like indoor exhibits. But I was really pleased with what we were able to see for free. You can see 95% of the park for free. It's just there. I forget what it was called at the end of the park flower dome is that what it was yeah, called it was like a super dome or a flower yeah something. that was the only thing that cost money in that entire park basically well you could also pay to like go up top and walk around the, the trees i was talking about earlier but you could see them from below yeah and it wasn't like a restricted view it was you could see everything from the ground it was just if, if you wanted to pay to walk up on a little bridge you could yeah we also did go to the Botanic Gardens, which I thought were really lovely as well. I'll just throw that in there. And they were free. Yeah, I was miserable. That that was the last day we were there. We walked around so much that second day. I think we walked around over nine miles that my feet hurt the next day. I was tired. I'm sure it wasn't fun to be around. <laughs> you were fine. But we went to the airport on that third day, what was it, like, eight hours, six hours before our flight? It was eight hours. We got there eight hours, but it took us some time to get the bus, figure out the train refund thing, um, get to the Jewel. So we ended up getting to the Jewel, which is the, the prized possession of the Singapore airport. It is, again, another just mall with this beautiful waterfall garden in the middle of it. I think I read that the waterfall in that airport is the tallest indoor waterfall in the world. There you go. 
But it just felt like everywhere we went in that airport, there was something to do or something to look at. Yeah, so we, um, there were five or six of those lounges that we have access to. Um, So we ended up swapping between a couple of them, eating dinner, or I guess eating lunch in, in one, hanging out for a little bit, going to another one inside security. Once we were able to go inside security, hang out there for like three and a half hours. But it didn't really feel like that long of a wait. It was very comfortable, and we played some cards. And Yeah, I also went to kind of explore and just see what there was, because I'd rather there was a bunch of, like, attractions. And I saw a butterfly garden. There was a free movie theater. There was a cactus garden. You could pay to also do, like, a hedge maze, and there was, like, a walking path you could go out above the waterfall. But there was just... It was so much stuff that you could do. So I would say if you ever have the opportunity to spend a long layover somewhere, Singapore is the place to do it. Also, almost everything that you can do is behind security, except for the jewel. Like the the, the beautiful waterfall, all that stuff, the hedge maze, all that kind of stuff is outside of security. So if you just, if you're not flying through Singapore, I don't think, I don't know. Is there another airport in Singapore? No. So... Just the day you fly out, the day you fly in, or if you just for some reason want to go to the airport and spend some time on a normal day, um, you can. You know what we didn't talk about? Me being called by the security to go back. Do you want to describe in your perspective what happened there? So we're backtracking a bit. This is in Vietnam in the airport at 4 or 5 in the morning. We go to board our flight. And we got to the gate, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes before Before the gate? Before boarding. Before boarding started. Because we were waiting in the lounge. We'd already gotten through security. Like, there was nothing for us to do. Having a great time. Yeah, there was nothing for us to do except wait. So we go to our gate. And I'm like, man, I got to pee. So I run off to the bathroom. When I come out of the bathroom... Colin's like, I have to go back to security. They called my name. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Like, we're about to board in, like, five minutes. And he's like, I have to go to security. And I'm like, uh, why? Like, how do you know? And he, like, basically is, like, running away from me as he's like, they called my name. Like, blah, blah, blah. They call your name. And you run away. And I'm like, um, what? (laughs) So I'm sitting there. And at first I'm like, okay, maybe he just like needed to go back and have an ID check again or something. And so I wait and then they start boarding. And I'm like, okay, hopefully he comes back soon. And so I'm waiting there very anxiously because to remind you all, Colin does not have phone service in any of our travels. It's just me. And so it's not like I can call him and be like, hey, are you on your way back? Are you at security? What's going on? I got nothing, like radio silence. So they board and they board. And then they board, and boarding's, like, almost done, and Colin's still not back. And I'm, like, hatching this plan. I'm like, okay, like, if he's not back by the time the boarding's done, like, I'm going to go up, and I'm going to ask them to, like, call for him. And I, like, had a whole plan of, like, how I was going to handle it, and I'm stressed. I'm, like, carrying his bag and my bag, and I'm, like, so, I'm, like, convinced, like, maybe he got arrested. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then I, like, try to call him, and I, all of a sudden I look up, and I, like, see him coming down the escalator down to the gate, and I was, like, what what happened so we we had to check our bags like we said previously we did not take the external batteries out of our suitcase um luggage tags my mom gave us 
uh, gift before we left. We have luggage tags that have external batteries in them for carry-on purposes. I even told you, don't worry about it. We don't we don't have to worry about it. They they never check. I've I've gone with that bag with that luggage tag so many times. We've checked it at this point like four or five times, and it hasn't been an issue. This time it was an issue. Not my not my bag that had a battery, but only Olivia's bag. But because we checked in under my name as the primary passenger, I'm the one that gets called to to get the battery out of her luggage. So we go we go I have to exit security, go into this little side room where they have an X-ray machine and our luggage our our her luggage is just sitting there. And I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? So they explain, they explain that I that I have to go through the the suitcase and find the battery, take it out, um, and take it with me instead of it going on the in the luggage hold of the plane. So I grab it, I go back, and I have to go back through the metal detector. I don't have to stand in the line. They take me to the staff security check, and they just kind of usher me through. But I leave the external battery on the outside of security because I was in a rush to get back to the plane. So all of that, I don't, we don't even get the external battery, which was kind of funny. It was a shame, but I was just glad that you made it and we didn't miss our flight. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked a lot about Singapore and the flight. We're in Australia now. Oh no, we can't just skip straight to Australia. And you know why not. We we are flying to Australia on a red eye flight. This is leaving at nine p.m., getting to Australia at six a.m. It is a budget airlines. It was extremely cheap. We we're very excited about the price of this flight. It was a eight hour flight. Mm-hmm. Eight hour flight because this is a budget airlines. There's no screen. There's no uh, like uh, power source to plug in, like a charger or anything, anything like that. You get your seat, and that's it. Also, because it's a budget airlines and a red eye flight, there's a lot of children, and by children I mean under four years old children, who just took turns screaming, yelling, crying. But there was this one girl. There was this one girl who, the from the moment she got on this plane to the moment she got off the plane, the entire time was screaming for help. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Olivia fell asleep during this somehow. Not for long. <laughs> Not for long. But while Olivia was asleep, the funniest thing, she got out of her seat and away from her parents and started running laps around the plane as her dad chased her, screaming for help, which was annoying at the time. I was so pissed. But looking back on it, it's hilarious that she got away from her family and started running laps around the, started running laps around the plane. Yeah. And also for anyone listening who's like, oh no, what if she was kidnapped and she was like trying to get away? I had that thought for like a minute. And then I realized very quickly, because of what her parents were saying and because of what was going on with her, she just wanted to get off the plane. Yeah. She was, she was like, scared. somebody help me, somebody help me get off the plane, not somebody help me, I'm being kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> just want to throw that out in there. She was scared of the plane. 
She was scared being in the plane. She was scared of the takeoff. She was scared of every single aspect of flight. And could not calm down. She had some powerful lungs. I will say that. So we get to... We get to Australia, Gold Coast Airport, at 6 in the morning, something like that, Some, somewhere around there, 5.45, 6.30, somewhere in that time range. And we, it is 7 o'clock in the morning, but we get off the plane, right? Somewhere in there. And we walk, we kind of take our time to the immigration we, we get there. Olivia has to go to the restroom. The line's not long, so I'm like, okay, who cares? And then Olivia's in the restroom, and just more and more people show up. More and more people show up. More and more people show up. And by the time Olivia gets out of the bathroom, the line is, I want to say 500 people long. I believe it. We cut most of it. Well, technically, you were there. You just weren't in line. You were just waiting for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will. I will be honest. We cut most of that line. It was. It was kind of a hodgepodge getting into the actual organized line because it was a duty-free store that turned into immigration. So the line went through the duty-free store. So we kind of just walked on the side that there weren't people, and then ended up in front of a lot of people who were waiting, organized out. Like, through the store. But don't worry. We still waited in plenty of lines. Yes. So, the first line we go through is just to check our visa. Are we actually allowed to be in Australia? They check our passport and our visa. That How long line, did you think that, lane t- that line took? That line probably took us 45 minutes an hour. That one was probably one of the slower lines. So, we, we, we check our visa. We're, we're allowed to be in Australia. Awesome. We then go down the stairs to baggage claim. And our bags aren't there. Well, it's already been an hour and 30 minutes since we landed. Why aren't our bags there? So we're freaking out, like, what's going on? But we look around, and our entire plane is still waiting on baggage. So they must have gone through every single person's bag to make sure something wasn't there. That's my only guess. I have no idea. So we wait, we wait probably another 30 minutes for our, for our bags. And at this point, it's been two hours since we've landed. We then have to go through another line with our bags to go through another x-ray and another complete baggage check. They're looking for anything, um, anything that we possibly didn't declare or. Yeah, that's like the part where normally there's like a. Uh, I have items to declare or I don't have items to declare and you just kind of like breeze through. There was another 45 to 60 minute line to wait there. So we were just exhausted because I think I got a total of 45 minutes of sleep on that eight hour flight. Colin didn't sleep at all. So we're just cranky and we're like, we have already been in this airport going through immigration for like over two hours. So we were... We planned on getting to our Airbnb by 10. That's when the lady said that she was going to be home and then she was going to, she had some work to do, so she wasn't going to be home. We land at 6 a.m., 6.30. We'll we'll be generous. We land at 6.30. We do not get to the Airbnb until 11, 11, 11.15. And now we have to sit outside of the, the security gate to the neighborhood 
because neither the mom, uh, not the mom, but the the wife or the husband are there to open the gate for us. Thanks, immigration. So now we're just sitting in a basically a driveway. I'm I'm walking laps around the the little garden area because I'm so tired, and if I sit down, I'm gonna fall asleep. So they get there. We we get down. We I think we go right to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the we get unpacked and had. we kind of look around the look around the Airbnb. Um, what what do you think about our Airbnb? I think it's wonderful, especially given all of the issues we had with Airbnbs in Vietnam. I feel spoiled. Like we're in a room in their house, and this room is really nice the, there's storage there's it's a room-sized room yeah i know there's a little patio outside of our room there's a bathroom that's really nice and clean but for me the the main selling point is the patio because it faces out onto this bay there's tons of like cushioned you hear me cushioned seating areas and there's a pool and it's just absolutely delightful what do you think Oh, I, I agree. I, I love it. It's um, it's everything we were excited for when we booked this place. It's everything we've expected it to be. We booked this place three months ago at this point. Um, and I remember showing all my family and friends the, the listing because we were so excited about this place. And I really do think it's lived up to it. So, what was your first impression of Australia, like, on our ride from the airport to get here? It's so green. I didn't expect... I didn't expect all the luscious trees, and there's green... I, I don't want to call them mountains, but, like, large hills, and... um, I just didn't expect this area to be so green. I would agree with that. I would also say that somehow I thought in my head that this was, like, a gigantic city... And there are definitely, like, some skyscrapers, but I think they're more residential than they are commercial, which makes this area feel less like a big city. Because as you go around, it's like, yeah, there are skyscrapers, but there's they're pretty spaced out. There's not a lot of, like, stuff crammed together super tight. It seems like there generally is parking in most places, and it's definitely, like, a slower beach lifestyle, which I'm really enjoying. So what have we done so far? So far, we've been to several of the beaches, which are obviously beautiful because we're on the Gold Coast. You did something really cool. Are you talking about my surf lesson? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was one of my bucket list items for while we were here was to take a surf lesson. That's something I've always wanted to do. And so I booked one at this place called The Spit, which is like a smaller piece of the beach where the waves are generally smaller. And I was a little nervous, but I think it went pretty well. I mean, the, they taught us how to stand up on the board and, like, what you should be feeling and how to paddle and stuff. And um, I won't say I stood up on my first try, but I think it was, like, my third that I was able to, like, kind of wobbly stand up. And I, I stood up a couple times after that, and it was really, really exhilarating and really fun, and I'm really glad I did it. Yeah, and I was I was cheerleading on the on the, on the rocks by the by the water so i could get a a good video of it he was a great cheerleader there's a video on our instagram of me surfing if you'd like to see it okay so we've we've gone to some beaches you did surfing really what we've been doing is relaxing 
I I feel weird saying this, and I've I've told you this, but this is almost it almost feels like a vacation from our vacation. Um, it's been very slow. It's been you know wake up, mess like just mess around for two hours. Sit out on the patio. Sit on the patio, eat breakfast. We we've been making lunch here, so it's pl- do whatever admin-y stuff that we're doing that day. Um, make lunch maybe take a nap maybe go go to one of the beaches and then it's dinner time and then after dinner time it's we'll watch a show on netflix and that's been our day a lot of the days is it's been very relaxing and uh yeah i've very much enjoyed it yeah we do have some tours booked but i think we're pacing ourselves at a good pace where we'll be able to still relax uh, some of the things that we booked are a trip to see a glowworm cave in the rainforest. We're also going to see the rainforest like during the day to check out like the different animals and take a skywalk. There's also a national park that I think is more of like a traditional forest. We're going snorkeling. We're going to a wildlife sanctuary. And we're also taking some day trips to Brisbane and also Byron Bay. So... Still plenty busy, but also finding time to relax, which is nice. So something that's been not shocking to us, but I guess I'll just say we, we've had sticker shock since we've been here. Coming from Vietnam and Thailand, we knew that the price would be different. But wow, is Australia expensive. And it's not just because the numbers are a little bit larger than what the United States or the dollar is. But, I mean, lunch, like, you can go out in the United States and get lunch for $20 for two people, I feel like. Yeah. We spent $20 on a, like, a small meal, and I was still hungry, and, like, it, you're not getting a meal out less than $40 I feel like out here maybe if you really hunted you could do it for 30 maybe so I mean it is expensive um but we have been very good because we've been going very slowly we actually are doing very well on our budget um because we're we're cooking most meals lunch and dinner we have basically raised raised our daily budget by about $25 a day so, excluding the way we look at our days and how much money we can spend per day is we exclude the accommodation, so the the Airbnb, and we look at the rest of our budget, Airbnb and travel, and we look at the rest of our budget. Well, we have certain money for groceries. That's not going to go for eating out and having fun. That's specifically for groceries. So we we take out those three columns basically in, on our spreadsheet, and we look at the rest. And we, we take that money and we divide it out by the number of days we have left. And we started out having probably about $50 a day uh, to spend. I think it was $49 and a, a, some cents. Uh, we started off when we got here with about $49 a day to spend. It's now gotten up to about $75 a day because we just aren't spending a lot of money. Uh, so we're very happy about that. It's going to allow us to do some fun things towards the end when we have a better idea of how much money we have left at the end we're also i think not being like stingy like we're booking things that we want to do and we're seeing things we want to see but we're also not 
just spending money just for the hell of it. Yeah. So we're just not spending as much money as we budgeted. We're still spending money. We're just not spending as much money as we budgeted while also complaining about how expensive <laughs> Australia is. So there, there is a line there and apparently we found it and um, we're both very happy with how we're spending money. I don't, I almost feel pressured to spend money right now. I get that. Just to spend the money. I have been bugging Khan to go scuba diving, but he has resisted my pokes so far. But overall, I'm very happy with where we are. And I think in whatever our next episode is, we can talk about some of the tours we've done. But in general, I, I feel like this whole month's theme is just going to be like recharging and resting. And um, I do want to point out that that is the money after we've paid for all of these tours. So even after all of these tours that Olivia just mentioned, we still have $75 a day to spend, which is way more than we've had in any other country at this point. So so if we end up with extra money at the end, which I do actually think is quite likely, we can apply that to some of the other places we're going if there's more expensive things we want to do rather than just, like I said, spending the money just to spend the money. Yeah, like going to a, like a nicer resort in the Balkans while we're there. When it's cheaper, we can spend – the money will go a little bit further. We can – you know, spend a couple days in a nice resort or something. Or we could take a day trip to Annecy, my favorite place in the whole world. Yeah, or Paris or... Yeah, I know. So I think that's all we're going to cover for today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll fill you in on what we were up to next time. Thanks so much for listening.